Welcome to episode 116 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary! <laughs> oh, you know what? I got to tell you, I really enjoy recording on Saturdays. Don't you? I do too. Like it's, it, well, we, we, you know, you got here at 8.30, so we started at 9, but yeah. like, uh, it's so nice to have the rest of the weekend. Yes. We used to record on Sunday mornings and it was like, I it would felt record, rushed. I would it go to the grocery rushed. store, <laughs> yeah, like yes. the, the hockey, the Sunday school, yes. laundry. And by the t- by 10 o'clock at night, I'm, I stressful. sit down to start editing and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. get the fuck out of this. Now we do it because my Sunday mornings with the transfer of the kids yes. and the hockey games or all this stuff is like, it's so much it's easier. It's so much better because even if I don't like get to editing right mm-hmm. away I'm mm-hmm. like oh I can do it tonight yes oh I could do it tomorrow morning yeah oh, I could do it tomorrow after like there's no urgency yeah I love it me too <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a lot it's a lot it's you know to do consistent work doing yes. podcasting is it's hard because you yes. have everything else in your life that you're doing which reminds me of something so funny as I was telling somebody last night about movie battle Oh, right. So we were on this podcast called Movie Battle. By the way, it was a year ago. It was March 24th. Yeah, it was almost a year ago. And I was talking about how um, I how you whooped my ass it was like a slaughter and no, <laughs> it was, it was so not fun. a slaughter but it, it was, was so much fun <laughs> I started to listen to it last night oh like you I, did yeah I found it <laughs> but I was noticing that Kevin Armstrong who hosts that show that he doesn't put out very many episodes and he wasn't like I think he did like four or five episodes in 20 in 2021 yes. and I was like damn you know yeah. but it's hard to do it's that hard consistent to do. work and he reached out he reached out to me a while back and he's like like to do like um not just a favorite movie but an actor and like talk about a couple of the oh, movies yeah, yeah. and I was like yes but like I I was like it needs to be later because I was sort of in the weeds with work and mm-hmm. um it's so a great it's to, a good I podcast need, though. yeah I need to reach back and he's out a to really him. nice guy so nice yeah but and he so, loves Tina but loves her like I went uh, on there and it was it was <laughs> there was already tips in her favor the, the odds were tipped in Tina's favor and I was what can I say yeah I'm irresistible especially these days <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, hey. yeah some people need to get, get their shit together oh my god it, you know we are we're talking about like all right we won't get too specific yes. but like a, a pro-women democratic event where there's somebody who's sexually harassing you <laughs> Like uh, in 2022. In 2022. Like yeah, this shit never fucking ends. It's, it never ends. But also, bitch, you got that vibe, honey. Ooh. Do I, do I have the vibe? And I, that's not an excuse. Hey. That doesn't mean you should go up and start <laughs> sexually harassing people. But you got it going on, honey. Oh, my God. So cute. I said that to my husband. I was like, who knew I was so cute? Ooh, I knew. Like, what uh, is this? And he knew. He knows. Oh, God. Oh, you're adorable. Oh. Look at you. Oh my God. My God. Um, let's do a, okay. Well, to, the only two things I have on my notes to bring up at the beginning is the Broward Dems gala wrap up. And then also um, oh, yeah. the session is over officially. Yeah. Officially. So the Florida session. And Florida session. is over along with the session. Yeah. <laughs> They've yeah. <laughs> Game they over. Fur- yeah. They further killed us. We were already on the side of the road, like roadkill. They came, they came by and shot us a couple times yes. just to make sure we were just dead. Just to make sure. Um, what a fucking nightmare what a nightmare the session has been and I have read one editorial one opinion piece after the other about 
the state that we are in and how terrible everything is in yeah, Florida and, the and how this session, there were some, yeah, yeah the, it's incredible. Some in there and they are at uh, letters to the editor. Yeah. And also the, the writers, the, yeah. the, the journalists are just like, it's just astounding. And then there's one that really breaks down, like, here's everything that happened. And you know, it's bad when your state starts getting national news, yeah. <laughs> national press, like the New York times has written yes. at least three articles yes. about the don't say gay bill and like, ex- like broken out exactly what it means and what, what, what the consequences could be. It is incredible. And, uh, and they're not, nothing they're not to stopping. be proud of. They're not stopping. Not um, stopping um, at all. Senator Pizzo put out a, um, a tweet about, how he was on an airplane and he took a quote because there was a quote from... Um, oh, I saw this this morning. Uh, Kate Chauvin uh, from The Awakening. Mm-hmm. And then he ended ended it with, ah, Bartleby. And I was like, ah, the humanity. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to tweet that back, but I was like, oh, that's so nerdy if I no, did that. Do it. I think he's a nerd. <laughs> I think he's a nerd, um, man. Do but it. It's, a it's cute when, nerd, by the way. Where When is it going to stop? I mean, we can't have The Awakening now. Like, we can't have... No. There's so much that, that just we can't, nope. um, you know, have any longer. And it's frustrating. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> welcome to Florida. <sighs> and know? I think I said this before that um, with the anti-woke bill that I had uh, talked to some students about it. And um, some of my black students were like, you know, what do we, you know, with black history anyway, uh, we learned slavery. We learned Martin Luther King. And we learn Rosa Parks. Like we don't learn anything else. Whoa. We don't learn about like contemporary people doing good things. She's like, it's always the same thing. Mm. And she's like, so what's the difference with this bill? But even right? the, even there's so much more to the history yes. that we're not those three people. That's the yes, and like yes. a Wilmington massacre. Like there's let's so talk much, about but even like that. such wonderful, amazing. Yes people that yes. we can talk about and share the history of that just should, should just be weaved into history yep. throughout the year and now it's it's you know well I was thinking about you know it's funny I was at dinner last night because every week we do a family dinner so whoever has the kids we still get together once a week and have I dinner love together that so much yeah it's I really think it's so yeah good. it's awesome it's it's so I don't want to be like progressive but <laughs> it feels very progressive and I feel like it takes so much maturity yeah to do that yeah it takes a lot of maturity and really love yeah and respect to Listen, do that I, and I, I, think I think we think both have a lot of love and respect for each other it's I mean I but think it's, it's been so wonderful and it's been very civil like we just talk about work and like the kids yeah. and we laugh and we talk about whatever it is blah 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 like it's very normal yeah um, I think that's so good I, yeah I love except it. yesterday <laughs> he was saying to our daughter like challenge your teachers don't believe everything they say to you challenge the things that they say make sure you keep asking questions which on the surface sounds like fucking great okay and then but in my mind I was like you really can't do that anymore because oh because you can't say like tell me a specific thing about this or tell me a you can't your teachers can't talk to you about lgbtq issues or whatever it's it's and so I wanted to say that but of course I couldn't because I would because he's a super republican and it's like I can't even though the bill start shit like let's keep things civil you know ambiguous yeah it's so ambiguous that with that the one like piece of like a teacher can get sued yeah I mean, that that alone is going to make people pause. Absolutely. And think about, like, is this something I could get in trouble, you know? And and that alone, even if they may not get in trouble for it, they may not say it because they don't know. Right. You don't know what ambiguity kid. Yeah, and, but also, and how it's going to be construed yes. and how it's going to be said. And then who said what and what evidence. And do you we also have? don't know who's in the classroom, right? Yeah. Like, kids are probably, it goes like this. 
Let's yes. be honest. I mean, I'm sure they're absorbing it, but they're not going to take it as like, they don't know the specifics of that bill. So they're going to hear their teacher say something and think this is just what the teacher's talking about. Yes. There could be kids in the classroom who are the child of like a Marjorie Taylor Greene who are looking oh, for fucking whose trouble. parents have said, if you yes. hear this, if you yes. hear that, if you hear this. Like they, there are parents who are yes. itching to fucking test yes. this and, yes. and don't give a fuck about teachers. Yes. Teachers are like their babysitters. You know what I mean? Like they don't give a fuck about them. So... Yeah, I would be as hesitant as possible as a teacher. Like, this is your income. This is how you support your family. Like, why would you want to lose, risk your yeah. job over that or health insurance or whatever? But it's like, but I, at, at the same time, I want to. Of course. You know, it's of like course. this struggle of like, I want to just be able to be as honest. Yeah. You don't like, that's like the part of learning is when kids are asking questions and you dive into those yeah. things. And like, it's just supposed to be this like scripted, yeah. you know, you can't go off the rails. Right. Like, what is, that's not teaching, but even, that's but, not education. But even worse than that is the anti, like the don't say gay bill where teachers can't be who they are and like talk yeah. about that. Like that to me is really, really upsetting. It's very, very upsetting right. to tell a teacher that you can't be like who authentically who you are. Yeah, they can't, and they could have been out for like 40 yeah, years. Because they, they can't, can't say, oh, my partner and I did that. Like they can't say that now. No. Because I, I say, oh, my husband and I did this this weekend or, oh, the, you know. No, they can't. It's so messed up. I know. And then even like kids talking, like if some kids, I think we've talked about it before, but it's. It's <sighs> not good. It's not. So let's talk about um, the Broward Dems Gala. Because bitch, we were looking. Hot! I pulled my shit together that Ooh. day. That was a very hard day. It was well, actually, I had a very fun day. I we did the podcast. Yes, and then I was going to lunch with a friend of mine, and we passed by my son's school, and there was a car show, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so we went to lunch, and then we went to the car show, and it was so fucking awesome oh my god I fucking love a car show i will pull over all day long and be like just get over and there was no ford falcons which really upset me but there were so many fucking cool cars came back here uh floated for a little bit <laughs> um got ready to go to the gala but i was doing as i was doing my makeup i was watching um rupaul's drag race so i think i really like that inspired <laughs> it that inspired look. your makeup it yes. was very good thank you yeah i kind of was like what am i wearing what am i doing there, by the way so many fucking people there. I couldn't believe it. This thing sold out. Yeah. I couldn't believe I, it. I really think though that people want, they want to, to go be out. somewhere. They want yeah. to be out. They want to see people. It's been, it's been a so long there was, time. I mean, I would say what, 250, 250 people, maybe yeah. 300. And yeah. uh, I didn't know until we got there, um, they had a, a list of like, who was speaking and I of course honed in on my beloved Ted Deutsch and I was like excuse me excuse me and so I was looking for you guys and then I went I went into this one room to find you guys and then I came out to go to this other bar because that one was too was too busy and here's Ted Deutsch walking down the hallway with his wife who I'm like you know uh beautiful she's very nice and I actually got to talk to her oh <laughs> and I said I'm quite a fan of your husband <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, like, bitch, get in line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I couldn't look at him in the eye. Like I saw him come to the hallway. I was like, and I like took off into another room. I'm like, hey, oh. I didn't know it. Um, but our friend Maria, who was oh, there Maria. and like followed us around the she's whole night. She's so sweet. She is, she's, I go, sweet, I go, oh, Ted Deutsch is over there. She goes, let's go. And like, just dragged <laughs> me. I'm like, Tina. And, uh, so he, we said hello to him and he said that being on our podcast was the best part of the pandemic. He said it was oh, so much 
fun. Oh, look at and, that. And uh, I said, congratulations on your job. I'm so happy for you. And I said, thank you for serving all these years. We're really going to miss you. And he's like, oh, I'll be around. I'll be around. I was like, hi. <laughs> and then I said, well, you got to let us know if you're like playing um, piano in the bar anywhere so we can come see you. We can all come see you. I said, oh we all God. can come can see you because oh I didn't want to freak him out and be yeah. like, I'm going to come stalk you and be like no, looking we over. Sh- we should have, uh, we need to do a night of it. Oh, please. Please. Oh my god. I've gosh. got a piano. He could just play here. <laughs> he could just serenade <laughs> you in your house. Oh my god, that would be hot. Woo! Um, but everybody, who's who of democratic politics in Broward and Florida, really? Nikki yeah. Freed, Charlie oh. Crist, um Annette Tadeo, yeah. uh Piz- no, I didn't see Pizzo there. No, Pizzo um there. let's see who else. Oh, Harold Pryor, Marie Woodson, uh Rachel or not Rachel, Jesus, Robin Bartleman. Uh my god, everybody. everybody. Christine Hunchofsky, yeah. all of our faves. And we sat at a great table. Melissa Schiff, our friend Melissa Schiff, oh, bought a table Melissa. and invited us to go. So that was very sweet of her. And her daughter is adorable. Oh, oh my God. Her daughter, because they said Ted Deutsch's name, and I, I turned and I was like, Ey! and Jordan, her daughter, goes, I don't get it. Like she's sitting across <laughs> the table from me. She's just like, how amazing is this beautiful oh, girl? Amazing. Stunned. Stunning. She yes. goes to school in New York. Like, she's the shit, Yeah, right? she's just amazing. Amazing. So amazing. she goes, I don't get it. And she's laughing. And I was like, she goes, maybe it's just your thing. And I was like, yeah, that's my thing. She goes, I go, but what, I like older uh, Jewish yeah. bald men. And she's like, it's the bald thing I don't get. I go, oh, I don't know. And so and then her dad goes, I can introduce you to my Uncle Morty. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Oh my God. Hi. I was like, yeah, give me a couple of months. I might be up from, to meet oh Uncle Morty. God. I'll be part of the shift family now. Hey. Oh my God. I that would be died. So fun. They're, so, cute. They're cute dogs. And Oh my God. So what else? That's it? That's pretty much it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into it. You are first. All right. So mm. I was sort of inspired oh. by uh, a conversation from last week and like you and I had this conversation. So today, yes, I'm going to tell you the story of women who face harassment and <gasps> threats while running for and holding political office. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> yes, Tina, let's do it. Oh my God. Okay. Bitch, so go. the sad truth is that there isn't just one woman here. So I'm oh, going to kind of just be talking about this as a whole. It's most women in most states across both sides of the aisle. And I'm going to like I said, I'll share a few of these stories, and um, I want to actually reach out to some of them, maybe for Lil Muck to talk about. I think that would oh, be yes. a, a good episode. So for the sake of time, yeah. I decided to focus on the issue and talk about a couple incidents that kind of caught my eye. Okay. So um, that's what we're going to do. All right. So um, the first one, I found this article by Megan Schumann, and she wrote for um, Rutgers today, and she explains that violence against women in politics are basically tactics used to silence um, female voices in politics as women, right? So just not even just like we want to silence the voice just to silence this person, right. but as we- like just for the fact that they are women and whatever women issues are, all of that kind of wrapped up mm. in it to silence. So it's not the typical intimidation tactics that you might see with other opponents. And that's why that violence and like the sexual violence and all those things come into play right. for women. So Schumann notes that some women um, actually normalize these acts mm. as simply part of the political process. Right. And it's just like, no, this is just what it is. And they accept it because 
it's sort of the norm. Well, because because we yeah. have to ex- before you run for office, you already exist as a yes. woman in this and in this in this world, time, right? right? And so you've already accepted it from the age of 12, 13 that you're going to be, you know, ogled called, at, like yeah, yeah looked at, screamed that. at, like, you know, pinched maybe, you know, things will happen to yes. you. So we accept it as a normal thing because that's our normal life. That's, that's the life. That's the normal yes, part and, of and our I, life is and, having and to accept that, that to sort accept of behavior. It and to accept, like, just to go back to the thing this weekend, to ex- like, that it's just that, that men feel so open to be able to yeah. act and say, regardless of yeah. the alcohol consumption involved, yeah. whatever they want. So here's the, here's what the- Relentlessly. Yeah. And so Relentlessly. Here, to, to the point where you're horrified and, and so fucking uncomfortable. So here's what we need to start doing. If you're ever in that situation again- I hope you yes. never are very, this is what I tell my kids. If somebody ever approaches them at a park or a store or whatever, get fucking loud yeah. and like, just go get away from me. Like yeah. you start screaming. <laughs> That's what you should say to this guy. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Yeah. I am a married woman. I made it clear. I don't want you to talk to me like this. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Like, let's embarrass these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, I don't, true. and see, it's we true. live, and, and, and then, women but, are but supposed then, to be polite. Yeah. We don't have we to have be to, polite. We're Stop polite. being and polite. And then we're also at, you know, we're at an event, and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to be the one to make a scene. I don't want to be a one to, you know that. what I mean? And like, you know what? Fuck that. So, that's the kind of shit we need to like stop that because we ha- that we take on the responsibility he's gonna of go, the place where we he, are, by the way, what people are going to sit, yeah. you know, like, I don't give a fuck because yeah. guess what, Tina, he's going to move on to that young girl that we know who's oh. there. You know what I mean? Like yes. he'll move on to somebody else yes. who's not going to be as like sure of themselves. And, and it's going, it's not well, oh, okay. He no. needs to be called the fuck out. Ugh. You piece of shit. Stay the fuck away from people. Nobody. And by that. the way, you're gross. Like yeah. that's the <laughs> other part. Like you're not even. That's why he does it. Nobody's interested in you. Yeah, You're no fucking one. gross. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. So. <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit. I know. I, I mean, but that's the scary part, right? That it's just accepted. That's just how the political arena works for women. And it's sort of part and parcel for the course, God, which is garbage. Yeah. And then she also explains that for some women, they might stay quiet because they also fear political repercussions mm-hmm. that might come from it, right? right. That they might be scorned by people. They might be um, blamed for what's happened. You know, like all, almost just like any victim of a thing, but now they're running for office. And so there's that added pressure of what that could mean for a potential yeah. winner. And if loss. you can't handle this kind of yes. harassment, maybe you shouldn't be in office. This comes, this is part of the territory, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, no, it should Nobody's sexually harassing these fucking gross no, dudes that are in not, office. they're not. So. I mean, there's a couple I'd like to sexually harass, Ooh, but... <laughs> hey. I mean, for the majority, it's like, no. no. No, no. So the types of violence women face run the gamut, from actual physical violence mm. to psychological violence, and online harassment falls under that psychological violence. That like, stuff. That is the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I think people just think like, oh, someone's just saying things, ignore it. But it, it does impact someone psychologically. Absolutely. And can cause them like lasting oh, harm. Oh my God. So, fear, fear of <clears throat> existing. Yes. And of the women facing harassment, often women of color face more threats than white women. So again, we have our uh, minority women are facing more harsh language more violence the racism all of that it's it's again it's never ending it seems like women of color are the i just saw this tweet and i retweeted it yesterday women of color are the base of this fucking party of the democratic party they are the fucking 
the ground, the heart, the soul of this party, and they are not respected by the party or anybody who fucking runs the party at any level. I mean... Black women, women of color, run this fucking shit. They flip Georgia. Don't fucking question it. That had nothing to do with the party. And the same thing is here. Yeah. Women of color need to be respected, and they we want them to run for office, and then we're not protecting them. And we're them? not protecting them. Come on, man. It's fucking bullshit. And she also said that younger women versus older women yeah. face more harassment because men. Yeah. Um, and an article by Mona Crook in The Conversation, and this was this academic independent news magazine, which I now love. I'm like, oh. Um, they take articles from like PhD candidates and things like on like, uh, she adds that violence also means a violation of integrity. And that's any act that quote, harms a person's autonomy, dignity, self-determination and value as a human being. Mm. So I thought that was really interesting that the violence isn't just a violence, but it's a violation of their integrity Yeah, and everything that comes along with yeah. that. And that's your sense of self. That's how you sort of move through the world. Yeah. And it was, uh, so I want to talk about a couple of well-known cases and then look at a couple lesser known ones. So these are all like the short little blurbs. So I wanted to just briefly mention, and I think I want to do maybe a whole article um, or, 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 um, episode on this but the michigan's governor gretchen whitmer mm, yes and recall that in october 2020 the threats went so far that a group of men plotted to not only kidnap her but to kill her Jesus Christ. and that trial is currently ongoing so once that trial ends i might do that whole you know, story that whole story of like what happened how they found it out but my God. But that, and that's but also my the God. Most, Imagine like no. you're learning that someone was going to kidnap and mm. murder you. It's also the most visible of these examples yes. of what you're talking yes. about. And, and it's important to talk about. I would love for you to cover that or I'll yeah. cover it, whatever one of us needs to do it. But the other thing is like, that's the most visible because she's a, a, the leader of a state. Yes. And we're in the middle of like insurrection bullshit, yes. like all that stuff yes. right, right before that, right after that. Um, but it's the ones that you don't ever hear yes. about too, right? Yes. Like it's the ones that, that are so local, I have, local. I have a couple local yeah. ones, but I wanted to talk about the squad. So um, Rep Rashida Talib um, has received violent death threats since her election in 2018. We have AOC um, Ocasio-Cortez, and she told Vanity Fair that she faces a nearly constant threat of danger. A nearly constant yeah. threat. That's what she lives with. And it started from the beginning of her election there was also a white nationalist who was arrested with a stockpile of weapons and a plot to kill her. And like, what is Can she you doing? But what is she doing? She's not right? doing anything. Right. She's run for office. She She's, won a seat. Yeah. And she actually has the nerve to be like, here's some progressive yes. policies that will help everybody right, right. in this country. And they oh, wanna, she needs and they to die for that? They want to kill her. That's fucking insane. It's insane. It's insane. It's not about that. It's the fact that she's a woman of color. Yes. She's a young person. And she and wants she change. Wants change. Yeah. And she's loud. And she's going to tell you yes. how she feels. That's what they don't like. That's what That's it is. what they're threatened by. That's what it is. A smart woman. Yes. That's what they're threatened by. Oh, she's because there's I nothing she's so saying much. that's going to be that's fucking awful. There's nothing she she's call, saying. And I love that she she calls people. I wish that I had that bravery. But you know, you know, if she had come out and been like, "All the white men were going to line you up and cut your dicks off." Oh yeah. Maybe we'd for, have a conversation. <laughs> maybe I'd be like, "All right, yeah, okay." No, she, no, no, it's not a witch hunt. I she mean, literally but, just but wants to do good that, things. Like that, she realized that you know, that they arrested a man and then she has to learn that not only is there the stockpile of weapons, but her name is on a list like Oof. of someone that wants to kill no. her. And I gotta get out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Like you know? I can't do that. Um, <laughs> no right wing way. outlets, media outlets published her address. Uh, her <gasps> fellow congressmen have made sexist comments yes, to her. Is, yeah. It's never ending. Mm. Then we have Ilhan Omar. She faces similar threats of violence. And on top of that, she's also facing Islamophobia. 
uh, Al Jazeera reported that in December 2021, uh, Omar played one of the violent death threats before Congress to urge them to yeah. fight against anti-Muslim hatred. It's in, it's incredible. It's a, it, it is. She also had a press conference where she read it's too those much. threats. And I cannot believe. It's, it's, it's too much. And there were some like, I'm like, I, I don't want to even read them. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're so awful. Yeah. Meanwhile, you find those guys and you call them. And, and oh, we're going to yes. report you that bad. And they're like, oh, please, I have a family. Uh, please, yeah, please don't do. Uh, okay. No, no. We can't have mm-hmm. mercy on, no. on them anymore. No. Um, and to continue with the, the squad's harassment in 2020, our favorite Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a pic of herself with a gun next to images of the squad. Mm-hmm. And the photo was removed, but Greene was rewarded with an election win. Yeah. win. She won an election. And Bobart's the one who walked around and called them yeah. the jihad squad. Yes. And this is where that line between freedom of speech and hate speech t- is blurring. Right. And, and, and when, when, when because do we cross the line? Because no, they're elected just officials? in general, oh. like I, if someone else could post a picture of themselves with a gun and, and people next to them and, and, and they can do that, right? Because of free speech, like where is the line drawn? And it's state by state mm. with what constitute hate speech, what constitutes these acts of violence? Because we see that like, sometimes they'll get reported, but the police can't do anything about it. Right. You know? So right. like where, you know, we don't want to restrict freedom of speech, but at the same time, should these women be victims of this kind of constant harassment and yeah. violence? Like, no. I, I don't, I don't know, you know, where it ends. So, um, to me, and, and these are women of color, and Green is obviously intending violence with the image, mm-hmm. but again, because there's not that "I'm going to kill you" statement, you can't do anything. There's no like actual threat being made. We've talked about this before with the Ilhan yes. Omar, like. It, yeah. They, it's a matter of time. It's just a matter of time yes. before somebody actually does something. They literally went after Whitmer's, right? So like, they, it's only a matter of time before, before these something terrible happens. vocal things, these yeah. things that they're saying actually become real physical threats. I mean, right. they stormed the Capitol looking for AOC. They were screaming yes. out her name yes. saying, where are you, B-I-T-C-H, yes. right? Like they were looking for her. Yes. So don't think for a second, if they hadn't found her, that violence would oh not have happened God. to her. Oh my God, no. This they, is they a real they fucking thing. They they would have hurt her. Yeah. And then what? And I feel like they would have tortured her. I, I God. The other person I want to mention uh, is Gabby Giffords. And she- Oh, for fuck's sake. She Jesus was shot Christ. while campaining in Arizona oh in 2011. God. Um, and then we covered uh, Representative Morris, who served in Vermont, and she oh. decided not to seek re-election That's due to incre- the threats. Great podcast um, That was from episode 14. Wow! It, it doesn't feel that long it's ago. It's like it was last week. Yeah. That episode 14, great episode. Yes. Great fucking episode. So it's not just the higher profile reps, like you were saying, that are facing this harassment. We know female electeds right here in Broward who face harassment mm. and violent threats. And Erin um, Schrode, she was a congressional candidate for the 2016 Democratic primary in California. She faced similar threats. According to a New York Times article, Schrode not only faced threats due to her gender, but also due to her Jew- Jewish heritage. The Times article noted that in the week leading up to the primary, she re- received tens of thousands, tens of thousands, not like a thousand, but tens of thousands messages on all different platforms from like her email, her social media, her cell phone, like everywhere. Um, And here's some of the horror that she had to read and deal with. So like, there's a trigger warning here. Uh, Quote, all would laugh with glee as they gang raped her and then bashed her bagel eating brains in. Oh my God. Quote, it'd be amusing to see her take 20 or so for eight or 10 hours. (gasps) 
There was a, also a photo sent to her where they photoshopped her face on a Nazi lampshade. What the yeah. fuck? She ended up losing the primary PS. So, and she spoke about like how, and it was, it's like years later that she's still impacted by yes. some of like this experience. And she was young. So it's a young girl, you know, in her twenties, like wanting to run for office. Shameful. And this is, this, this is, is what shame. she's dealing with. Tens, mm. tens of thousands. No. Mm-mm. The Times spoke about another candidate. This was an Iowa Democrat, Kim Weaver, who she ended up dropping out of her 2017 race against Steve King. And some of the things that led to her dropping out. Oh, he's another piece oh, of shit. Oh, he is a this, monster. This fucking well, piece his of people, shit. his people really went after her to the point where she had to drop out. It reminds of the me election. of Chippewa Marcus Pitbull that he used to have. That fucking so kid. They what put, was that asshole's name? Corey. Uh, he's a really fucking piece of shit. Well, they put a for <laughs> they put a for sale sign uh, on her property in the middle of the night. Oh, um, a white supremacist magazine drafted an article titled "Quote: Meet the Whore Who's Running <gasps> Against Steve King." What? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a journalist integrity right. is that? <laughs> right. That's their. Well, it's a white supremacist magazine. Yeah, I know. So it's I funny. mean, already, <laughs> I don't think there's any integrity We're not getting there. The best of the yeah. best. There's no Harvard grads that writing magazine, for the fucking <laughs> right. Like whoever's reading that across the nation. Wow. Now that leads to more threats against wow. this woman. Mm. Um, there were threats made on an extremist message board, like threats against her life. Um, she had this to say to the Times about the incident. Quote, I'm normally a pretty brave person, but when you feel like you're in a fishbowl and you don't know who it is that's throwing rocks at you, it's disconcerting. Right, yes. You don't know if it's somebody sitting in his mother's basement in Florida or if it's a gun-happy white supremacist who hates you, who lives a block away. Yeah. So- the uh, internet has given yes. a new huge well, I, mask. Well, for the most part, to these fucking yes. people. Well, and I also love that, like, she's in Iowa, and when she's referencing crazy people, that Florida's the state that she well, goes to. I mean, <laughs> I'd be insulted if oh, she didn't. I mean, <laughs> but the best part, the best part, mm. is when she stepped down due to threats. Her opponent, King, blamed Democrats and said the threats were probably a fabrication <laughs> because he's an asshole oh he's a fucking uh, major but, but, asshole but he, major, major asshole and he's got people that and he's been reelected so many oh, yeah. fucking times can you imagine this oh and, my and God. then you and then you have this woman and it's clear the threats are coming from the other side and he's like it's the democrats okay yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that's what they always do so that's all right. Yeah. He's going to burn in hell. Oh I mean, my he God. really, really is. He's, He's such so a piece gross. of shit. We should do a whole yeah. episode on him. If that article was written about me, I'd say, excuse me, if you're going to call me names, say sex worker. Yeah. Let's be PC <laughs> about this, all right? I mean, can we at least be oh, PC about it? Oh my God. So the San Diego Times, they did a whole um, like series on, on uh, the Carlsbad City Council members who faced mm. harassment. So it was just, because as I was looking, I was like, wow, I could probably go to... Every state, every major city, and there's there's going to be people and mm-hmm. article, and that that's the thing that's so overwhelming. Yeah, about it. Wow. Um, but but um, this talked about the Carlsbad City Council members, and one fi- one member uh, had to file a restraining order due to online harassment and stalking. Mm. Um, the other filed a police report on two different men for stalking and threatening calls. One of the women, Corey Schumacher, who's also gay, she reported that she faced her ha- harassment for over a year. Jesus. For over a year. And she's like just sitting on a council. I just saw what, you know, those, remember when Trump was running and the trucks would have those big yes. trucks that have all those millions of flags yes. on them? And then it kind of all went away. My oh, son no, they're and still, I, they're my still son around. and I were driving home from hockey the other night yeah. on, and uh, 
this truck went by with all the flags. I go, look at this motherfucker. Not giving up. No. Holding on to the dream. They are, they are holding on. And his on. truck had stickers that said it's, F Biden. And oh I was like, God. God. Like, get uh, over it. I've I mean, never seen. His dick must just not work. It just no, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. It because doesn't if work. your dick worked, you'd yes. have other things to yeah. do. <laughs> instead of figuring out how to put another flagpole yes. on your truck. Yes. Mm, how can I attach another yes. flagpole? Just go fuck. Yes. Like, have someone touch your pee-pee. I'm so sorry oh that's not happening. God. Well, the flagpole. The way, is only, the Listen, only way his dick gets hard is if Trump's talking, right? That's the only way his dick gets hard. Well, the flagpoles, you know, we have these long shafts. It's yeah, the only yeah, thing that, that he can like, do. He's like, well, I wish that was which me. Really, yeah. <laughs> what, he, what he really likes is all those shafts. Basically, he loves dick is what I'm saying. Like, he fucking loves dick. Just go eat a dick. It's okay. <laughs> oh Just go eat a dick. <laughs> By the way, when we're done with your story, I've got a funny video. I'm going to put it to the mic. I don't know if it'll work, but it is so fucking okay. funny. You're gonna yay, love it. Okay. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> okay. So um, she explained uh, that something should be done. She says, quote, political power in North County doesn't protect you from the racism, misogyny, mm. or homophobia. It just means you become a bigger target. Yep. I mean. It's fucked up. It is so messed up. So as I said earlier, women of color, particularly black women, face more threats and harassment uh, than white women. And Liz Bullish and Chloe Jones of PBS News wrote about this just last year. And the article reported that Moya Bailey coined the term misogynoir mm. to encapsulate the black misogyny that black female politicians face. So it's not only about the racism, but it's also about being a black female. Right. And so- That intersection. Yes, yeah. these two things. So I thought that was a, a great term. Absolutely. It was just interesting. Wow. And they also reported that the majority of women they interviewed who either held or ran for office faced some sort of hate, either racism or sexism, and it became accepted as most as part of the job. So yeah. again, this it's just, it is what it is sort of attitude, which is terrible um, for women to have to just accept. And PBS's Amna Nawaz and Candace Norwood interviewed black women in Congress in June of 2021 to talk about their experiences. So you could check out the full coverage of that um, in our show notes, but I wanted to just highlight a couple. So Rep. Uh, Jahana Hayes explained in the interview that there was this horrible juxtaposition happening. On the one hand, they had this beautiful diversity of the newly elected Congress mm -hmm. members. Yeah. And on the other, there was this ugly side where death threats were coming in daily. She was like, on every caucus call, death threats, death. Like, Jesus they're just trying to do work. Christ. They're just trying to do work. Jeez. They got elected. They're trying to do work. Like, le I don't understand. Like, let it go. Like, what? What, what are you doing? What, it's what so, compels, it's so here. What it, compels uh, a person to pick up the phone and threaten death to another person just because they got elected to a seat? It's, it, it doesn't make sense in my brain. It's, 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 it's and also ugh. because we're not men, maybe like they, they, they are, they're just very threatened. Right. They're very right. threatened by this. And, and, uh, rep Nikima Williams added that those threats were mostly focused on the members of uh, color in Congress. Of course they're so, less than that's called white supremacy. It is yes. a bias inside white people. You fucking have it, uh, whether you know that or not. Yeah. So that is what it is. And it's, you, have it's to, a, you have to work. You have to, work. you have to unpack that. Unfortunately, these fuckers are too far gone. If oh, you, no, no, if you're no, no, in a no. place where you're like calling threatening people, people and threatening people, you're, you're too, it's too fucking late. It's, Don't even bother because oh it's God. dangerous. So uh, it was, Ugh. it was Rep Attica Scott's comments that really hit home uh, for me. She stated, quote, I'm always thinking, wow, okay, if somebody came into the Capitol building right now and they wanted to shoot all the black people here, mm. what's my plan? How do I escape? How do I get out of here? And here's the thing. I, I mean, like, that but gives here's me the goosebumps. Thing. Like, what, what? <laughs> 
It, and by Imagine, the way, your like, life- this is what you're doing. Like everywhere you walk in, you are in Congress. Yeah. You are in, like you have made this tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. And you have to think about where, where where's my escape hatch? Yeah. Where's my panic room? Yep. Well, the, we do that to our children in schools now. They have to have a plan of what's going to happen if there's it, a shooter. But like, this reminds kind of life me are we of, living? Uh, what kind of existence have we created for the people in this country? Yeah. Well, that, that also, everyone, also, everyone should be able to walk safely. But not for nothing. And exist safely in this world. But not for nothing. But your life is not worth that. Like, it would, it's not worth having to do that work. For, no. for in my opinion, I'd be like, peace, I'm yes. fucking out. After the like 50th death threat and I'm elected, right. I'd be and like, I have children. Right. Like I don't fucking have thing. time for this. And that's the thing, like it's, it, for women in general, with or without we children, but we, I mean, well, they, but you they know do what? care about their families, right? Yes. They have the empathy. There's all of this weight put on women, yeah. right? Where men, I feel like they can run for office and they don't have the weight of the no family. Way they near. don't have no way near. any of that. And so we, the women have the weight of the world. Yep. And now- P.S. It's already hard enough to to to, to take the leap. Val Demings, Val Demings did, did an interview. They talked. She talked about the January sixth. She talked about being sitting there in a room with another elected woman. I forgot who it was, but they were. She was saying to them, "If if this if we die this way, this is the way we die, and that Constitution will protect us, and they will be held accountable." Like she was ready. Oh, she was ready to die that day. That's what was happening there. That's what was happening and thought, but you know, remember Val Demings is not like me. Val Demings was a police officer, oh a chief God. of police. She's the fucking badass. Oh my she's, God. She, she was swearing, you know, yeah. an oath, an oath in, of office in, uh, to be a police officer to lay her life down. So she's yes. a totally different yes. badass bitch. Okay. <laughs> but she's like, Hey, if this happens, then they will be held accountable and that will be the end of that. And now oh, meanwhile, hopefully. look at hopefully. how it was fun afterwards. Yeah. Look at, by the way. There's police officers who have committed suicide because they were they are January 6th protecting Congress yes. and they have committed suicide because since of, then because of, because of the insurrection yes. because of what they experienced and all of that they and are now, afterwards they, and they, afterwards. these guys are being held accountable for murder because they should be. yeah because of these suicides that's incredible and nobody's fucking talking about that sorry no sorry, it's, in, it's 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 crazy oh um, Norwood also reported that uh, black women weren't just facing physical threats of violence, but they were also facing verbal abuse, that psychological violence, especially through online platforms oh. and she and through phones. And she explained that Marilyn Mosby, uh, Baltimore state attorney, had voicemails full of slurs like that. They just leave racial slurs on a, again, like someone picks up the phone. And this is what's coming out of I, as if I, it can't be traced. I, I know, <laughs> but I, I just I we're just, gonna find you, bitch. Yeah, but I just I I. I, 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 I can't, I can't. They have too I much can't. time on it's their hands. Yeah. So, but so many of the women in the interview talked about how they keep going despite the threats and harassment. And mm. here's what Shirley Weber had to say. Quote, there's no way I can erase being black or female and I wouldn't if I could. So I just have to keep moving forward. Yeah. So I thought that was really Damn. beautiful. So at first I was going to say, there's no major incident, but I feel like all of these accounts are major incidents. And the attack on women is a clear tactic to instill fear and prevent women from running or holding office. And it's the result of the violent misogyny embedded in the patriarchy. Mm. You know, it's enough already. Yeah. So in most of these stories covered here, no one has been charged with anything. No one has served any time for anything. No one has really gotten in trouble for anything. Um, so, you know, that's that. Um, the aftermath in 2019, the squad, AOC, um, and so on, introduced the House Resolution uh, 1151 that addressed and recognized violence against women in politics as mm. a global issue. And um, I thought that was a great um, resolution to put forward. 
And one thing that research showed and Crook spoke about for the conversation is how this violence isn't just dangerous for women, but it's dangerous to our democracy as a whole. Yeah. And Crook explains violence, quote, restricts the scope of political debate, disrupts Mm. political work, and deters women from entering public service. And that's the point, to exclude female perspective and suppress viewpoints that differ, right? So if they can stop it with intimidation, threats, and physical violence, they will. Yeah. And this makes me think of the panel of women we heard speak at the Dolphin Democrats. I just was thinking about that. That's so funny. The panelists spoke about how women lead differently, that they lead with empathy, with compassion, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean that they lack strength. Right. You know, it's it's just a different perspective and way to look at issues. And to try to exclude women in such horrible ways highlights even more why we need more women in politics to call out these, but you know, also to normalize to it, out, to normalize yes, that women but, can lead. But like you were saying, so to it's me, not weird and yes. people don't get threatened, hopefully. Yeah. But like you were saying to me last week, like we need to call out these harassers. We need to flip yeah. the script. We need to find out who they are, report them, screenshot, DM their bosses, their wives, their family members, shine the light on who they are. And they need to know that their reputation isn't safe. Like they need to know, like if it Absolutely. keeps happening, 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 they need to go, ooh, man, I might lose my job for this. Ooh, my wife might find out about this. Ooh, like, you know, that there's ramifications that make them think twice before they do I this would, kind of stuff. without a fucking doubt, and I've seen some of them, some of our friend, local friends who are elected to do it, take a screenshot of every message and just make a post and, yeah. and tag them, tag that person, yeah. tag the person who put it and let the world see what this person's trying to hide by sliding into someone's DMs and yes. being a dick. Yeah. Let them see. Let your fucking employer see. Yeah. Let, let their employer see. Let their dad see. Let their parents see. Let their kids see. Let their kids what see the what kind of person they're saying they are. to people. Especially to women. It's Ugh. fucked up. So some points of um, interest, uh, there's an organization helping to stop violence against women in politics. It's uh, the National Democratic Institute, which launched the hashtag not the cost campaign meaning that violence should not be the cost women should have to pay to participate in politics. Uh, Times Up launched a hashtag We Have Her Back campaign Mm. that challenged media outlets during the 2020 election to avoid gender and racial stereotypes. And one thing I found interesting came from Esperanza uh, Camargo, and she's an associate professor at San San Diego State University. And she explained, quote, women are abused in many instances. But when acting against their expected roles, especially strong women, and act against traditional norms, everyone, including women, go against them, even women. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that bothers me so much, the, our winos, yeah. the winos out in the world, mm-hmm. which still shocks me, um, even though it shouldn't. And she said it's really all about submission, of keeping women submissive, which is why there are threats of rape along with the threats of violence, right? Because it's all about controlling women, and yeah. control, 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 and that's how men think, yeah, right? They think that women should be submissive. And then there are the women who have been brought up in, in this yeah. culture where women are, have to submit to men. Yeah. And when they see women, that's why they want to use the term whore or mm-hmm. things like that to talk about these other women. Like right. the, we're not like that. We're dutiful. We listen to our husbands. We're the good homemaker. Mm. And these other women are disrupting what that the traditional right. roles need to be right. and like the breaking down of the family unit. And it's, all of that stuff is tied into it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing hotter. I'm fucking serious. There is nothing fucking hotter than a man who wants to hear 
how you, f- what you think about things and how you feel about things. Yes. Like there's nothing hotter than that, than a guy who's like interested in your opinion and, and like and, respectful and of it. And respecting yeah. of. There's nothing hotter than that. And like just respecting you and your intelligence yeah. and, and yes. all of that. And like it, that's something that's actually on the checklist of like what they're yes. looking for. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause it can get bogged down in the physical part of it, but like yes. having a sense of humor, having a, a brain, like being able yes. to talk cohe- coherently about like I, you know, politics. What, if somebody values those things, that's yes. fucking hot to me. And that's you know something I mean? like, cause as a mother of boys, like yes. I try to tell my boys all the time, like, you know, like, yeah, looks, all of that is great. Yeah. However, like you want someone that you can go back and forth with that. Yes. You want to have son, that. He, he got a crush. I'm not going to say it too loud, but he's got a crush. And, he, and he's like, oh, no, no. I said, you got to try to talk to her. Yes. Like, well, what kind of music does she like? What kind of books does she like? Yes. What shows does she Find, watch? These kids, you know yes. what I mean? Like, da, 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 da. what kind of things does she like? He goes, I don't know. I go, well. You find how out. do you know if you like her? Yes. Like, I mean, I know she's this, but yes. like, what else? But there's got to be more. Come on. There's got to be more. And that's one thing. That's what I said. This is, I said the heart's more important. <laughs> I don't Aww. know. I don't know if that's going to last long. Aww. We're entering teenage years, so um, boobs are going to become very yes, important. Bo- boobs soon. will be important. <laughs> but I have to say, like, I know, like, I'm always like, oh, my husband, my husband. But the one thing that I, I love about my husband is mm-hmm. we walk our dog yeah. and we always get into some sort of political va- Like, we'll get barely down the second block, turn in the corner. He's <laughs> he's screaming. He's like, you know, like, I, I get him animated. Um, yeah. But we, we have these good discussions. And I like being able to go back and forth and challenge yeah. each other and it keeps it's things, important. It keeps things interesting. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Can you imagine if you just had to sit there like this and like listen to your husband talk about go, Trump oh and how god. great he is? You'd be like, oh, oh my he god. is great. Oh my god. Bitch. Yeah. Or Please. anything. Please. So VOA News reported that Debbie Walsh of the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers had this to say, quote, the kind of attacks that women face are about white male privilege and white males wanting to make sure that they hold on to the power and feel threatened by the influx of women as more and more women are stepping up and running for office. Yeah. Um, I found an article also um, that reported on a UMass uh, alum's research on violence against women in politics. Uh, Olivia Laramie offered some solutions that I found interesting and think could maybe be enacted to sort of, um, if not federally, like on a state or local level, to start having ways to protect women who run for office. So she wrote, um, quote, each politician should be required to sign a code of conduct when they are elected into office that discusses the correct way to interact with fellow politicians online Mm. and in the office. Because sometimes these um, threats and these actions come from the very people and colleagues that you're working with. with. And like, that's not okay. We see it with AOC all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, she's always has to come up uh, against that. And she also suggested that social media platforms develop some type of policy to deal with harassment targeted at politicians, perhaps making women politicians a protected class Mm -hmm. so that those things are considered as threats and offer a level of protection that maybe, you know. This this is awesome. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And that's it. That's the story of the harassment and violence of women (sighs) in politics. I know it was like kind of short, but I just wanted to like highlight. It's beautiful. So. Uh, And and it's, and it's, I mean, what kind of muck is that? You know, it's disgusting. It's really upsetting. And it, well, and uh, I know it's near and dear to our hearts because we see our friends suffer through this yes. and have to go through this every fucking day. And uh, the things they have to do to actually move safely through the world that we know of. And it's really fucked up. And, and it's not fair. And they're, it's here's, not fair. It's the not worst right. part is like, they're good electeds. Like there are people who are they're actually incredible. doing amazing work incredible. that are just, and by the way, they're nonpartisan seats, right? right? So they're doing things that are for the good of everyone in their yes. district or everybody in their, in their, in their city. So 
It's fucking bullshit. And, and the thing I think that is the most disheartening is when you see someone over the years and the hope yeah. um, through the process of running and, and, and the idea of what it's going to be like yeah. and then to get there mm-hmm. and it be this thing that that is harming you yeah. emotionally and psychologically. If any one of our friends ever said, I'm not going to run again, I'm not going to run for a, another term, I'd say good for you. Like yeah. set, you know what? Because as much as we talk about women need to be elected, we also talk about self-care and yes. like protecting yourself. And, and it's if this hard. is an environment that you cannot survive in or that mentally, physically, like you can't do it, get the fuck out and we will be fine. I will find somebody else yes. to run. We'll put somebody else in the seat. It sucks yeah. if we had to lose the seat as a if, a, if it's a Democrat, that's, but to protect these women is, should be the utmost importance. Yes. Their mothers, their sisters, their daughters, their, 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 you know, this, they, their lives and their mental state and all of that should come before right. we're asking them to sacrifice so much but this to is be elected. Where, but this is where maybe like on our local level, at each of the city levels, like putting resolutions in place that protect the local politicians and have something in place that says, you know, if you do this type of harassment, like these are the consequences you could face. Yeah. You know, um, or doing the protected class, like in each of the, something where it can just start building and having this campaign to move forward to help our women. I agree. Oh, All that's right. really good. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm Jamie. We're Married with Television, marriedwithtv.com. We are a couple of Hollywood normies on the outskirts of the film and TV industry, and we talk about our favorite TV shows, music, and movies, and sometimes they talk back to us. Sometimes they do. Our podcast is Married with Television, one word, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Possibly Amazon too. And we are a proud member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Very good TV. Very good TV.com. So guess what? Neither one of us are covering a person. <gasps> which is so weird. Oh, when you said that what uh, you're doing, I'm like, oh, okay. Yay. So I saw this online and I thought, I've never heard of this before. And I thought it was very interesting to me. So I am going to cover fragging during the Vietnam War. Do you know what, have you ever heard of this? Fragging? I don't think so. This is crazy. I mean, it happened throughout history in in a ton of different uh, wars, but like it really like elevated in the Vietnam War. So fragging is the deliberate killing or attempted killing by a soldier of a fellow soldier, (gasps) usually a superior officer or non-commissioned officer. Oh shit. So killing each, you know, killing the officers, right? The word was coined by U.S. military personnel during the Vietnam War when such killings were most often attempted with a fragmentation grenade, sometimes (gasps) making it appear as though the killing was accidental or during combat with the enemy, right? So they'd pull that pin. Now, it was a hand (gasps) grenade like you see in the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it says frag on it, so that's where, you know, and they would throw it into a tent or the officers walking ahead of them and somebody would throw it and blow this fucking guy up. Wow. So they called it fragging. Oh my God. So yeah. So, it, it, so something grenade F R A G. Yeah. Yeah. Sound. The fragmentation. Oh, of it. oh, fragmentation. Yes. So the term fragging oh. is now often used to encompass any means used to deliberately and directly cause the death God, of military that just, colleagues. So that just reminded me, I know like I'm going to be a nerd here, but, um, in, uh, the things they carried, um, there's a scene with like a grenade that goes off because it mm. takes place in Vietnam. Yeah. And, um, it's an awful scene because they're, they're climbing up the tree to remove pieces. pieces. Oh, fuck, dude. And it's, I mean, it's very graphic, but it's very, that, that, you should read that book. 
All right. Read I it. We'll do it. Um, the high number of fragging incidents in the latter years of Vietnam War was symptomatic of the unpopularity of the war with the American public and the breakdown of discipline in the U.S. armed forces. Wow. Documented and suspected fragging incidents totaled nearly 900 <gasps> from 1969 to 1972. No way! In those three years. 900 yeah. officers. But, but a lot of it wasn't... Um, you know, it's suspected. Some of them are like suspected. Oh, yeah. How do you prove because, it? Right. How do you prove and you're nobody's in the middle of the jungle. How are you proving it? And nobody's going to say, hey, this blah, 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 blah. Right. And I mean, so, I wonder if like mental illness. Yes. Like, the yes, drugs yes, and, yes. 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 Oh, yes. All oh, of it. All oh of it. Remember God. when we were where we were. Right. Yes. So why did this happen? So soldiers have killed colleagues since the beginning of armed conflict, which I'm going to at the end of this, I'm going to give you a bunch of different examples <gasps> of like different wars and like oh, what happened. I'm loving this yeah. so but much. But I want to get through like why first. Yes, right. Yes, so, um, However, the practice of fragging seems to have been relatively uncommon in the U.S. military until the Vietnam War. The prevalence of fragging was partially based on the ready availability of explosive weapons, such as the fragmentation hand grenades, right? So those weren't really around until Vietnam when they were readily available to the soldiers. Grenades were untraceable to an owner and did not leave any ballistic evidence. Right, it's not a wow. gun. Yeah, no. Shoot, right, who's going to What fingerprints from? are you yeah. finding? Nothing. Um, M18 claymore mines and other explosive were also occasionally used in fragging, as were firearms. Although the term, as defined by the military during the Vietnam War, applied only to the use of explosives to kill fellow soldiers. Oh, I mean, so then it was that is like so scary. It's fucking wild. Most fragging incidents were in the Army and the Marine Corps, of course, because they're on the ground. Yeah. Um, fragging was rare among Navy and Air Force personnel who had less access, access to grenades and weapons than d- did uh, soldiers yeah. and Marines. Plus, it was like I feel. I always feel like Air Force throw up in those planes, yeah. having the time of their fucking they're lives. On, they're on the boat, goose and shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> goose and Maverick, living oh it up. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> those cute Ray Bans. I hate that fucking movie. Don't talk to me about <laughs> the first known instances of fragging in South Vietnam took place in 1966, but events in 1968 appear to have catalyzed an increase in fragging. So after the Tet Offensive in right. January and February 1968, the Vietnam War became increasingly unpopular in the United States and among American soldiers in Vietnam. Many of them were enlisted, right? Yeah, and they're so, like undrafted, and they're like, yeah. I want to get out. And I the longer and longer that we're there, and, yeah. and of course, new and, we're not and people are dying around you, and you're yeah. like, why are we fucking here? So Secondly, racial tensions between white and black soldiers and Marines increased after these, uh, the, the soldiers being the army and then the Marines, right. right? Increased after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. in April 1968. Oh. So with troops reluctant to risk their lives in what was perceived as a lost war, right. fragging was seen by some enlisted men as, quote, as the most effective way to discourage their superiors from showing enthusiasm for combat, end quote. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? Because who knows who you've got in charge? Could yeah. be some fucking wacko, right? Yeah. He's like, let's go. Yes. And they're like, we don't want to fucking be yeah. here. Kill him. Oh my Just kill God. him. Oh my put, God. put him out. Rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to fucking throw a grenade? It's <laughs> a bitch. Like, holy shit, dude. Right? No, this is really scary. <laughs> yeah. So morale plummeted among soldiers and Marines. And in 1971, by 1971, a U.S. Army oh, colonel God. declared in the armed forces. Um, journal that quote the morale discipline and battle worthiness of the u.s armed forces are with a few salient exceptions lower and worse than at any time <gasps> in the century and possibly in the history of the united states wow so imagine like that's how it's being viewed yeah yeah well so nobody the, wants to be there yeah nobody wants to be there so the u.s no? military reflected reflected social problems and issues in the u.s such as racism drug abuse and resentment toward authoritarian leaders at the as the u.s began to withdraw its military forces from vietnam some american enlisted men and young officers lost their sense of purpose for being in vietnam and the higher hierarchical relationship between enlisted men and their officers deteriorated Uh-oh. 
The resentment directed from enlisted men toward older officers was exacerbated by generational gaps as well as different perceptions of how the military should conduct itself. Enforcement of military regulations, especially if done overzealously, led to complaints and sometimes threats of physical violence towards officers. Um, Wow. A number of factors may have influenced the incidence of fragging. The demand for manpower for the Vietnam in, in Vietnam for the war in Vietnam caused the armed forces to lower their standards for inducting both officers and enlisted men. Uh, so because there weren't enough, you know what I mean? So and they then were, they were like, Cho Schmo is becoming an officer and yes, who knows how he's they, running things. Exactly. Yes. Who knows what even skills he has to be doing this yes, year. God, yes. imagine this. Ugh, the rapid, uh, <sighs> rapid rotation of personnel, especially of officers who served on average less than six months in command <gasps> roles, decreased the stability and cohesion of military units. Yeah. Most I important- mean, the military, everything is based yeah. on like strict yeah. command. Yeah. You know, and yeah. if you're, you can't do that, then it, things fall apart. Yeah. And you're just getting a new, a new commanding officer in your unit every time. It's like another fucking bozo shows up. And it also reminds me, this reminds me of the story I did about the Vikings yes. the, in the sheriff's office, you know, where they'd put a new, a yeah, new yeah, yeah, leader yeah, yeah, yeah. in and they'd be like, well, we're going to fucking dog this guy until yeah. the next person comes in, you know? But it's that same, like, mentality. Yeah. So God. most important of all, perhaps, was the loss of purpose in fighting the war as it became apparent to all that the United States was withdrawing from the war without having achieved any sort yeah. of victory. I mean, And so the morale and discipline, like, deteriorated, right? Because they're like, what are we doing? We're dying. For yeah. what? Yeah. For what? Yeah. And like, oh, we're starting to pull out? Like, I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so enlisted men, in the words of one company commander, said, quote, feared they would get stuck with a lieutenant or platoon sergeant who would want to carry out all kinds of crazy John Wayne tactics, oh, who would God. use their lives in an effort to win the war single-handedly, win the big medal, and get his picture in the hometown paper, end quote. Oh, great. Right? Like, you're great. not fucking, like, they're done, yeah. right? So harassment of sub- subordinates by a superior was another frequent motive. The stereotypical fragging incident was of, quote, an aggressive career officer being assaulted by disillusioned subordinates, end quote. Several fragging incidents um, resulted from alleged racism, like I said, between uh. black and white soldiers. Um, and of course, also if the officers were attempting to control drug use, which was readily available in Vietnam, they could get drugs anywhere wow. they wanted. So they were obviously Imagine like fucked up all the like time. Fucked up in the jungle. You've yeah. got these weapons. Yeah. There's no end in sight. Oh my God. And then you got this motherfucker trying oh. to tell people to go risk your life for, yeah. for fucking what? Yeah, no. And no. plus they're walking into villages where people have, they're they're just innocent people and they're burning yes. them to the fucking ground. You know what I mean? I'm just, I know, like, uh, I'm I, I'm just thinking about even like, um, like the current war that's happening in Ukraine. You know, you have the, yeah. the Ukrainian people. And I know you mentioned the, 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 the head. I mean, I, I think that, that he has the adoration that he does mm. because he didn't leave. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, I'm staying here. That. I'm totally. not leaving. Yeah. You know, he's always in his tight shirt. You know what I mean? And I think that like, but he showed that video yeah. to Congress and it was so awful because mm. it's like children, it was dead children, Yeah, you know, but there were, they had a whole thing that high school kids are, are preparing for battle. Yeah. I like they're it. training high yeah. school children well, what else, to fight. What, what can they do? But I mean, I, I think the one thing that I just, about this whole thing is that they're not, I think that he thought that they were going to roll over. Mm. that the people of Ukraine were just going to roll over and he was going to be done in like four days. And they're like, no, we're going to fight to the death for yeah. our country. Like I saw a great meme and it was, uh, it was the soldiers like putting like bombs inside of a plane or something. And it said the, the, the Russia is about to find out why um, America doesn't have universal health care. <laughs> 
Oh my God. We invest well, heavily in the military. Yes, now you're about yes. to find out why we all don't oh read the, the fucking nose. But they're doing crazy shit. Like they, they, they got um, um, some of the Russian, they got like some Russian bombs mm-hmm. and then they 3D printed the, um, like the wings of, to make them like torpedoes. Mm. And then they put them on drones and drop them on tanks. Yeah. Like they're so, yeah. they're like talking about like the inventiveness high of the tech, people, high like tech war. how they're like, you know, that they were like, oh, we got these bombs. How can we make them so that they fall out of the sky? Oh, mm. they need to have the, and they 3D printed shit. Wow. And like strap them to a freaking drone mm. and drop them on tanks. I'm like, Dang. let's go Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Okay, so that's all right. So sometimes so, uh, soldiers sometimes use non-lethal smoke and tear gas grenades to warn superiors that they were in more serious danger if they not, did not change their behavior. <gasps> oh, so, the, so all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, what's that? Yeah. Oh, God, okay. Yeah. Whatever you guys need, <laughs> what together. do you need? Yeah. Let <laughs> me help you out. You need some, what? Tell yeah. me, tell me, yeah. tell me what you want. <laughs> a few instances occurred and many more were rumored in which enlisted men collected bounties on particular <gasps> officers or non-commissioned officers no! to reward soldiers for fragging them. No. That, so, so other people were like, yo, we'll pay you yeah. if you take this guy out. Yeah. So, so they probably through- went to their craziest person. Yeah. Um, okay, so according to author George LaPrey, the total number of known and suspected fragging cases by explosives in Vietnam, like I said, was nearly 900 with 99 deaths. So some of it was just injuries, right? But some of, most of them were deaths or, you know, yeah. some of them were deaths. The total number is incomplete. At some cases were not reported, nor were statistics kept before 1969, although several incidences between 19 from 1966 and 68 are known like a lot of them aren't known because they didn't right you don't right. know if well, this is how, what it is yeah and how do you write that down i mean yeah an earlier an earlier calculation by authors richard a gabriel and paul l savage estimated that up to 1017 fragging incidents may have taken place in vietnam causing 86 deaths and 714 injuries of u.s military personnel the majorities of being officers um, several hundred murders of U.S. soldiers by firearms occurred in Vietnam, oh but were, God. but most were of enlisted men killing other enlisted men oh of equal rank. So oh there's still God. fewer than 10 officers are known to have been murdered by firearms because that's more, tra- you can right. more trace that. Yeah, you know? but still even that like enlisted men and it's not like friendly fire, like it's like right. if you're in the jungle, yeah. who knows what's happening and then you're, you're killing your fellow yes. soldiers. It's fucking dangerous. It's, it's, it's so it's, scary. And think about how that fucks with your mind too. Yes. That you don't know well, what's and coming. And if they're on drugs. Yeah, and like if, you're, this is the unit that you're supposed to feel protected in. This yes. is your family, right? Yes. You're supposed to feel like yes. you can trust these people. Oh God. And you're out there, you're and more, they're, and you're there trying for to kill you here. They're trying to kill you in the unit. What the fuck? Well, and, and when you said that it's like mainly the injuries, like the injuries yeah. from a grenade. It, yeah. I mean, they're, oh my God. Yeah, you could be missing an arm. Yeah. Okay, so the response wow. from the military, right? The U.S. military's responses to fragging incidents included greater restrictions on access to weapons, especially grenades, for okay. soldiers in non-combat combat units and lockdowns after fragging incidents in which a whole unit was isolated <gasps> until the investigation was concluded. Wow. For example, in May 1971, the U.S. Army in Vietnam temporarily halted the issuance of grenades to nearly all its units <gasps> and soldiers in Vietnam, inventoried stocks of weapons, and searched soldiers' co- quarters confiscating weapons, ammunition, gr- grenades, and knives but this action however failed to reduce fragging incidents as soldiers could easily obtain weapons in a flourishing black market oh. among nearby vietnamese communities wow which is my favorite oh my because god those motherfuckers are out in the yeah. jungle picking shit up yeah right taking knives <laughs> and, and guns like, off of dead soldiers i'll and sell then, this to you yeah well listen because you listen, know commerce well, always I mean, fucking comes around like there's always gonna be a market for fucking something isn't that crazy 
I don't even know. <laughs> I love it. I don't even know. Fucking wild. So the U.S. military also so, attempted to diminish with adverse. The, with the coat, like, do you yeah, want, yeah. Do you want this I got grenades. Yeah. What do you want? Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. You know, you used to see that in the movies from the 80s all yeah. the time. The guy would open up yeah. a coat on the subway and be like, gold watches. Yeah. We don't see that shit anymore. No, no. Oh my God, like it's grenades so or what kind, of, what kind of gun oh, do you want? So good. <laughs> so this, um, okay, I'm the sorry. U.S., that's right. The U.S. military also attempted to diminish adverse publicity concerning fragging and this and the security measures it was taking to reduce it, right? So they don't want it getting out. Well, I mean... And only a few fraggers were identified and prosecuted, <gasps> right? It was often difficult to distinguish between fragging and enemy action. A grenade thrown into a foxhole or tent could be a fragging or the action of an en enemy inf infiltrator or saboteur, right? Wow. Enlisted men were often closed-mouthed in fragging investigations, refusing to inform on their colleagues out of fear or solidarity. Though the sentences prescribed for fragging were severe, the few men convicted often served fairly brief uh, prison sentences. 10 fraggers were convicted of murder and served sentences ranging from 10 months to 30 years with a prison time of about like average nine years. Like they wow. really didn't. Yeah. But, but for those 10, like they must've had like very, very clear evidence. Yeah. Or maybe it was something where he was like out of the whole group kind of went rogue where yeah. in the other ones, maybe yeah. it was more of a collective. Maybe there's something that gets I mean, excused away in war. You know what I mean? Like behavior that you're just like, this guy was, if, if everybody's like, this guy was out of fucking control, kept yeah. putting us in harm's way, not following whatever procedure. Yeah. Like maybe, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. So in the Vietnam War, the threat of fragging caused many officers and NCOs, uh, which is non-commissioned officers, to go armed in, in areas and to change their sleeping arrangements as fragging often consisted of throwing grenade into a tent where the target was sleeping. Wow. For fear of being fragged, that now, by the way, you're not God, sleeping. So, There's so no now, way you're sleeping. So now at night. you're afraid yeah. of being, I mean, just you're in war. Yeah. So now you have to be afraid of even your yeah. own people. Yes. And you can't sleep. There's no way they're fucking sleeping. That's why they're cuckoo too. Yes, they're sleep that's deprived. Why, that's right. You know, there's Agent it's Orange. Like one thing. There's drugs. Like the snake. It's, it's, it, I mean. It's fucking wild. For fear of being fragged, some leaders turned a blind eye to drug use and other indiscipline among the men in their charge, right? So just let them get away with stuff. Fragging, the threat of fragging and investigations of fragging sometimes disrupted or delayed tactical combat. Uh -huh. um, operations. So, <laughs> so now we're already losing a war. Yeah. But now we're going to put ourselves in further danger. Yep. Uh, wow. I know. I know. So let's, th this is the end, but it's just some incidences <gasps> from over time. Ooh. Of fragging. 1704, the year 1704, Battle of Blenheim, an unpopular major of the 15th Regiment of Foot was shot in the head by his <gasps> own men after the battle had been won. No! <laughs> they won and they're like, bye. Yeah, fuck this guy. Wow. 1777, Battle of Saratoga, a Lieutenant Colonel Heinrich von Breiman, ranking officer of German forces as well as their Native American allies in service of the British during the defeat of the Battle of Bennington and then the Battle of Saratoga, was so disgusted with the performance of his men that he began attacking them with his sword <gasps> and was then killed by them. Wow. Oh my God. 1815, Battle of Quartre Bras, the commander of the 92nd Regiment of Foot, Colonel John Cameron of Fassfern, was shot and killed by a man whom he had recently flogged. 1847, Mexican American War. On two occasions, Lieutenant Colonel Braxton Bragg um, survived attempts on his life once an artillery shell exploded under his bed. <gasps> so even then, they're like trying to blow these motherfuckers up. 1894, well, yeah. the Battle of the Yalu River, Admiral Ding Rusheng's legs were crushed, <gasps> either due to the construction defect or the deliberate misfiring of his ship's main battery by the ship's captain. Oh my God. 
He had the battery uh, fall on his legs. Yes. Oh my God. They were crushed. All right, here's, here's two. I think I have two from Vietnam. Uh, on April 21st, 1969, a grenade was thrown into the company office of K Company 9th Marines at Huang Tree Combat Base. First Lieutenant Robert T. Wallreller died of wounds <gasps> he received in the explosion. Private Re Reginald F. Smith was apprehended after boasting about the killing <gasps> to a colleague in formation while still having grenade ring on his finger. No! You pull the ring out <gasps> and you have it? What? Dark bitch. Smith pleaded guilty. Yeah, to no, the, that's cool. Like he, you know, yeah. like, who knows yeah, what happened? I'm telling you, it's mental. Smith pleaded guilty to the premeditated murder of Rowler um, and was sentenced to 40 years imprisonment. And he was murdered by a fellow <gasps> inmate in prison on June 25th, 1982. Wow. So was he in like a military prison? I don't I wonder. Maybe. Maybe. Right? Wow. It would be a military right? Probably, trial. Right? On March 15th, 1971, a grenade was tossed into an officer billet, uh, which is like their quarters, at Bien Hao Army Airfield, and it killed Lieutenants Thomas A. Delwo and Richard wow. E. Harlan of the 1st Cavalry Division. Private Billy Dean Smith was charged with killing the officers, but was acquitted at a court-martial in November 1972. Wow. So, I mean, you're sleeping. I, it's... The I know, but it's what are they doing to have to for that yeah, to happen? Yeah. You know, um, my God. So the in Middle East uh, peacekeeping, the in 1982 Irish Army Private Michael McAlvey, serving at ten Teb Nine with the United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon, opened fire with an <gasps> FNFAL battle rifle and shot dead Corporal Gregory Morrow, Private Thomas Murphy, and Private Peter Burke. He originally claimed that he had. They had been killed by Lebanese gunmen, <gasps> but later admitted the killing, saying he had snapped during due to oh. dehydration and the heat exhaustion. Oh, my God. McAlvey was convicted of the killings at a court-martial and sentenced to life imprisonment being paroled in 2009. Wow. So the Iraq War, right? On oh. March 23, 2003, in Kuwait, Sergeant Hassan Karim Akbar cut power to his base threw four hand grenades into three tents where fellow members of the 101st Airborne Division were sleeping <gasps> and opened fire with his rifle <gasps> when the personnel ran to take cover. Oh, my God. Right? So they come out of the tents, and he's like, oh right? Oh, my God. Um, Army Captain Christopher S. Seifert and Air Force Major Gregory L. Stone were killed, and 14 other soldiers, soldiers were wounded by shrapnel. Akbar was tried by court-martial at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, so it is in a, fort, a court. Yeah. Uh, a military court in 2005 on April 21st, 2005 Akbar uh, wow. was found guilty of two counts of premeditated murder and three counts of attempted premeditated murder and was sentenced to death. Wow. Captain, uh, Philip Esposito and First Lieutenant Lewis Allen were killed on June 7th, 2005 as a result of the explosion of a Claymore mine <gasps> placed on Esposito's office window oh my God. at forward operating base da danger in Tikrit, um, Iraq, the unit supply sergeant was charged with the murder, but was acquitted at court martial. In on May, last one is on May 11, 2009, Sergeant John Russell opened fire on Camp Liberty with an M16A2 rifle and shot dead five military personnel who were U.S. Army Specialist Jacob D. Barton, Sergeant Christian E. Bueno Galdos, Major Matthew P. Houseel, Private First Class Michael E. Yates, and U.S. Navy Commander Charles K. Springle. Russell pleaded guilty to five counts of premeditated murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility wow. of parole. I mean, war. What is it good what for? Is it good? Absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, this is, this. I mean... And you know what? Do you I also feel like we are civilized... We're supposed to be civilized. We're in, we're in, we're in the we're, 2022. We have to stop. We have to stop. Yeah, but that's the thing. But we, we're not. We should we're, not. We, are we should so, not be going But places. humans, 
in our core, there is a violence there. Yeah. And we try to, uh, you know, and, and yeah, and be in a, like a polite society, right? Like we're not supposed to have be violent. So then when you go to boot camp and you're taught all these things, like yeah. you're taught the opposite of what you've always been. You know what I mean? Like well, if you're in these and situations, like that's the war. enemy, that's the enemy. That's yes. the enemy. We're fighting for democracy. Yes. We're fighting yes. for freedom. We're fighting for, yes. you know, we're, right. we're fighting against terrorism, right. like these I- ideologies that we're putting forward. But, and I think a good, cor- I, I, it's this- too much. It's too much on a, on the human psyche to yes. put someone in, in battle. And then expect them to come back and just be and, part and of society. Yeah, that's insane. And I think that was the first time, you know, that was the big thing with Vietnam too, is that in the prior wars, like with World War One and World War Two, there was sort of this like heroic welcome. Right. And but, the Vietnam War did not have right. that the same, way that it was the, yes. the whole, you know, it just it, it wasn't the same. And I think that that's where a lot of, of course, the shift happened. But also after World War II, there's this awful like toxic masculinity that I still think exists obviously today in the military where you're supposed to be able to deal with the mental abuse that you, or whatever you've witnessed even. And after World War II, because it was so, you had to be like a man, you know, a lot of these guys that came back had alcohol, alcohol abuse problems, right? They became alcoholics and they had to do something to deal with this pain and like lost their families, like lost a lot, a a lot of what they, who they were because they didn't have, you know, we're still a human being. You're still a fragile person. Even though you're this man like idea. But it's even from the beginning, like Walt Whitman wrote, you know, the civil war poetry of Walt Whitman. Mm -hmm. There's one of them where it's clear that it's like, uh, uh, reliving these nightmares, yeah. you know, it's the PTSD. So like, if yeah. you look at certain, like even early literature, war literature, it's in there, Yeah, you know, of what, well, but, but of we humans, never did anything well, about it. We never evolved it. We, from we, it. We right? never, so like we expect, just really recently, yeah. are we really uh, coining that term PTSD and thinking about our soldiers and the impact of the war is a relatively new thing. Hey, listen, I'm not here to fucking advocate for men. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ever. Like oh. fucking ever. Well, but there are but, women in the military too. No, but but right. okay. But what I'm saying is like, we have done a disservice to boys and to men to expect that from them. It's right. not just, it's a societal thing. Like we expect strength and all of that. And we, we really should, even the guys who are making those awful fucking calls and things, there's something mentally Some, wrong with them. There's something, something fucking off. On. And like, they've been raised in an expectation in the society right, to be right. this thing or look this we way have, or, 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 it's broken. You know, like We're this broken. whole strength, like there's no strength in crying or like whatever, like having feelings. Like we need to really talk about that yeah. because that's why there are threats of violence because these guys are so threatened by women and not in touch with like right. who, who they're supposed to be right. or like this this idea of like masculinity and what that right. is and so we need to fucking break that down we need to break it down as much as about, we need to like elect women yeah. we also need to fix that because yeah. those things aren't going to go together if no. we don't fix it but our culture is still surrounded by things where women are still objectified. You know, you yeah. can still go down the street to a Hooters restaurant. Oh, my kids you love know? to talk about this. The Hooters. And then there's one, right? You know, the one over um, here has got the Twin Peaks next to it. Yeah. And my, my son literally just said to me, are those mountains supposed to be boobs? And yeah. I was like, yes. And he's like, yeah. why would they do that? I go, because. Because, you know, people are just trying to make a living. Tits. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you want? That's what it is. I don't know. And he and he said, why would somebody want to go there? I said, because they that's what they want to look right. at. I don't right. know. 
He goes, maybe the chicken's good. I go, there's no yeah. chance. There's no <laughs> chance. Oh, he's so sweet. I know. my poor Oh, baby. my God. Well, baby. what a good <gasps> episode. Oh, oh, let me see if I can play that video. <gasps> okay. It's a little, I think it's like a minute long. And um, if you're doing the, if you're doing the, um, the YouTube, then you might have to actually tune into the audio to hear it because it won't come yeah, through. Or maybe I'll try to, um, Okay. I, can I try to splice yeah. it in? I don't I'll know send how to it, do that. I'll send it to you. We'll figure <laughs> it out. I'll see if I can splice so it in, but if not, here's the audio. Yeah. So this guy's name is George Hahn. He's like a, he's like an actor or something like, I have no idea, but he's so fucking funny on Twitter. And he does this thing where he goes, he does these like funny videos where he's talking shit, but he always goes for me. <laughs> and so he did this. He said, so relieved that Florida Republicans are laser, laser focused on the real issues plaguing our children in schools. So he's, um, an out gay man. Okay. And so he just does this thing where he's totally. There are serious issues challenging our primary school children. All right. There are children going to school hungry which makes it hard for them to focus and concentrate. There are children going to school with learning disabilities, diagnosed and undiagnosed, which makes it hard to learn, literally. We also have guns in schools. There are shootings. That's a serious problem. But for me, we need to focus on the serious issues that aren't even real issues. We cannot let the children hear about LGBTQ things. We just can't have it. It's just too much. That's a serious, it's not a problem, but it's like a serious problem. We need to put money and time and energy into things that aren't a problem. <laughs> and I'm scared of gay things. As a Republican in Florida, I'm scared of gay things. I am terrified that dicks might be delicious <laughs> and I'm scared. <sighs> oh my God, I'm such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does this face where he like, <laughs> he does this angry face where he's just like I think that I think it picked it up I heard it I heard it you did loud it might, and clear. yeah, yeah. Pick up. Uh, my favorite part is like I'm afraid that dicks might be delicious <laughs> and then he's like I'm such a pussy like, <laughs> oh yeah God. we need this he's so fucking funny no that's exactly mock the shit out of yes. them like that's exactly who they are it's ridiculous at this it's point. ridiculous and yeah I'm fucking over that I'm fucking over it same. I think this episode might be called Just Go Eat a Dick or Eat a Dick. <laughs> I'm going to discuss it with Tina. We're going to figure that out. Okay. All right. Oh, <gasps> bye. bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.